We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Wow, it's been a while since we talked pro wrestling. Feels like almost two weeks, so we have a lot to catch up on. Today, we're going to talk about AEW. Popped a huge rating this week, even going against NBA Finals, so that was really good for them. We'll talk about the latest show. We still have to talk about NXT Great American Bash. We still haven't recapped that one. Plus the fallout and everything we saw on this week's NXT weekly show. And then we got to touch on WWE because the main roster has money in the bank coming up. Pretty much the matches are there. We get to see which championship matches are happening as well. Predict cash-ins, maybe no cash-ins. We'll see. Uh, We'll get to all of that in our last segment, though. To start off, Dre, I'm not going to lie to you. The energy I had in the last show, we we had a good back and forth. The energy was high. I don't have as much energy in this show, and that's because I decided to go to brunch right before we record. Good, good. You, so you I'm recuperating. Get that I'm recuperating. <laughs> no, I mean, was a little too high last week. <laughs> we had good feedback. Thank you to everybody who responded. Uh, even though not many people were on my side, I don't care. I feel good about the hot takes. But today, yeah, I need to, you know, I'm starting off the show a little slower because I went to brunch. I am in Arizona for the weekend, so I'm chilling in Phoenix. The brunch scene out here is very underrated. So dope places. Uh, we were actually out here for a Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. So that was cool. Yeah. It's nice to be back. Food places are dope. Went to a place out here called Squeeze. Very good brunch spot. You know, it's good when it closes at two. So you only get breakfast and brunch. Like, that's it. That's all they do. So it was good. But since you are the brunch god, I have a question for you. Can you be an elite brunch spot if you don't have bottomless mimosas? Yes, you can be an elite brunch spot. Because, look, man, bottomless mimosas are great. But the reality of bottomless mimosas are they're often cheap champagne. And I just drink it because it's free. Uh, it's not even free. It's just it's I pay for free. it. And I can, yeah, I drink what I drink as much as I want, but it's not necessarily the best champagne. It's just the idea of you keep bringing me shit. 
But if you go to other places, they have different kind of mimosas. They have different kind of brunch drinks. And the most overlooked quality when we discuss this is the food. You can have bottomless mimosas. If your food is trash, it doesn't fucking matter. Even though the more you drink, it doesn't matter what the food tastes like. So, <laughs> but I, I like to go to a good brunch spot that has good food. I prefer bottomless depending on the mood that I'm in. But if they don't have bottomless and they have the option with like some really good drinks or, you know, not too overpriced, then I'm with it. But in order to compete, you know, you have to have either bottomless or some kind of deal, like a pitcher or some shit like that. Some places just stingy as hell, but it is what it is. Just make yeah. sure your food is good. This, the food was great here at Squeeze. It was delicious. I went to my go-to, which is always corned beef hash, egg over medium on top. You know, can't, can't go wrong with that. Real grown up man meal right there. So I did that fresh corned beef chunk too. I love when it's cubed, like it's real corned beef in there. It was a uh, great, that was delicious. The kids had pancakes of all different types. Um, those all came out really well. They were happy. Everyone ate, like Elena had some pancakes. Those were cool. Everyone loved the food. I went to the drink section. One, I, I get it though. Their mimosas aren't served in, uh, champagne glasses they're served in like tall glasses so it's a lot of mimosa and they spike them with different type of liquors so they're specialty mimosas but they had like a, a tequila one then they had one that was like um mojito but it was a mimosa as well so all these different flavors they look delicious i didn't get any of them because they were 13 dollars each yeah, you should get one anyway. I couldn't do it. $13. Cause we paid 20 for bottomless. Oh, never mind. Okay. And I just couldn't bring myself to pay for one $13. They had a passion fruit one though, and a blueberry one. Shout out to you who made me try that last time we went to brunch, which was delicious. But even then, that was a pitcher. I was like, yo, yeah. one drink for $13. Hey. I was like, it was more than my hash. My hash was eleven fifty. The drink was thirteen, and I came with the intent to spend money. Granted, we are family of five. I know I'm going to spend money, but I couldn't bring myself to spend it on that. Yes, see that makes sense. See, for me, I'll do it because I don't know if I'll ever be back. That's that's usually my that's my uh my breaking point. It's like oh, am I ever coming back here again? And it, honestly, it wasn't my idea. It's my wife's. Like anytime we go somewhere, I'm like, God damn, this drink costs how much? And she's like, Are you coming back? And I'm like, no, I'm probably not coming back. She was like, just get it. Like, if you don't get it, you'll just think about it all the time until you do get it. So that's always been the rule. Am I coming back to this place? No, then I might as well get it, whatever it is. I if I am coming advice. back, yeah, <laughs> if I am coming back, no, I can get it next time. But yeah, shout out to my wife. She came up with that one. That was a that was a good one. I was like, wow, so simple, but so intelligent. It is like that's that's a, a gem right there, because if I would have done that, we probably wouldn't be opening the show with it, because now I'm just thinking about this damn drink that I didn't get. Yeah. And will, will you really miss thirteen dollars at the end of the day? No, really no I'm about it? to spend that on something stupid. I spent thirteen dollars exactly. on dumb shit yesterday. Just on the way yeah. out here, we bought like thirteen dollars worth of gummy bears for the drive. So, yeah, no, it, like, it would have been fine. But, yeah, I was just like, it's something about still looking at a menu. And I've done that like a lot lately i'd say even since like being at espn where at least uh i could make moderately big boy money 
now, right? Like I'm not, I'm not on your level. I mean, I'm, I'm not the Andreas Hale budget around here, but like now that I could go places and, you know, I, I try to pull the swaggy move every now and then where I'm out and I'm chilling and they bring the bill and I just throw the card in and boom, don't even look at that check here. I got it. Hey, hey, stop, stop. Always look at the check. I know you got it. I, I learned this too. Always look at the check because there have been plenty of times that I've been places. Like one time they gave me the wrong tables check. Oh, and it was like a hundred dollars more. And I was like, yo, it's just me and my wife. Like, why is this bill $213? And usually I just throw my card. And it's like, I got it. No, always check out your check. Always, always. I know it's some baller shit, but always look at your check. Always. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, hopefully that did it. No, it didn't. Like the correct amount came out, but I will take that advice going forward because I would be tight. At this yeah. point, it's going to take too much to reverse it through my bank. So you just got to give me a hundred dollars worth of free shit. Like then I'm just be at the bar recouping the money that you took out. So no, yeah, that's usually the case. But now I found myself lately, even being at ESPN, where I'm just like my, my brokenness, my broke days still hover and loom over me Yeah, to the point where I'm just like, yo, I can't $13. I used to spend $13 in three days trying to eat. (laughs) (laughs) I made that shit work though. You get a lot of stuff for $13, but now it's like, yo, $13 for a drink, one drink. I'm, I try not to be that guy, but I, I am sometimes you say it all the time when you'd be like, yo, I get a whole bottle for this price. Yeah. So it's just, practical. Yeah, so it's like I was there, I was wondering, I was like, damn man, not a pitcher, not a bottomless mimosa. I was gonna tell you about the spot, I was gonna talk it up. That's one thing. Um, in our group chat we do all the time. Shout out to the rat pack, is well, if someone travels or someone goes to the city, they'll be like, Yo, you need food places? And we always got like the clutch recommendations in the group chat. People don't fail in the recommendations. So I was like, yo, I'm gonna talk this up to people. And then I was like, ah, but there's no bottomless mimosas. Like Dre would get here. Like you'd be random be in Arizona, talk it up. You'll go there with someone and be like, this, this asshole Kel sent me somewhere with no bottomless mimosas. So I had to ask you off rip, like, ah, can you be elite without that? Cause then you get to a place and be tight and then blame it on me. There'd be a goddamn Kel moment. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just be all bad. So that, the, the food was good though. Um, I told my other friend about it my friend Ray in LA and he's a weird guy because he also goes to many different places, but he's a guy that no matter how much money he gets, his tastes never change ever. So we were talking about it and he was like, yeah, it's cool. He's like, should have went to, he's like, you might as well just gone to a buffet back home. Like just get anything and just go to a buffet. But like, he swears by buffets. And I'm like, no, like I, buffet brunch don't hit like normal brunch to me. Even Ooh, on Vegas, on the strip, like he's like, no, like buffet brunches. The way, no, like it don't hit the same at all. And and we, me and Elena went to the Cosmos brunch. I forgot the name of that in the Cosmos. Which one? The Wicked, Wicked, Wicked Spoon. Spoon. And I was like, mm. like I'm, I might as well have went to Sunset Station. Like this shit don't hit the same. When you get a good brunch restaurant, you can tell the difference between that and like a, a break or an IHOP. Like buffets, there's a very small difference between like in Boulder Station, Palace Station, and I, I haven't been to Caesar's Palace, so it might be blasphemy. But I'll say Cosmo's Wicked Spoon 
people swear by Caesar's Palace. I haven't been there. Bacchanal. Look, yeah, so I'll put it to you like this. I've done every buffet in Vegas. And pre-COVID, I would agree with your boy, Ray, in certain aspects. Like, you have to find the right brunch buffet that works. Like, the Aria has has a really good one. Um, But you need, like... I would never say that a that a a buffet is at the palace station is the same as the wicked spoon. Nah, food is different. The food is a lot different. So you gotta get the right brunch. I don't know how. I mean, the right buffet. I don't know how buffets are now because I'm not going. Um, there's no way I'm going somewhere where people are breathing over my shit during COVID and this Delta variant. And then I'm gonna, you know put my my uh serving spoon in there and get covid from some eggs and shit that's not gonna happen yeah that'd be a brick yes but but there are really good brunch buffets in vegas and it just depends on what they have and uh, the palace choose a buffet nah. over a steakhouse well that that's wild okay that's just that's much. like he's a buffet guy like for dinner I'm, like he'll choose it over a steakhouse i'm like yo for what like there are, if he comes into town he's like i'm like yo you want to eat yeah, yo, let's go to this buffet. Like, why? Like, we go to STK. We go here. Nah, nah I want to try it. And they're good buffets, but I'm like, yo, if we're spending 80, we get like the little drink joint where we get the wine or the beers. So if we're spending 80 each anyway, 85 each, like, I might as well go to the steakhouse. Spend an honor and 10. It depends. If you want options, that's the other thing with a buffet. Like, the Aria Buffet is really good because they have, the, like, the different stations. And then they have, like, the pasta station where they make your pasta fresh. Or they have, you know, the omelet stations if you're going early for brunch. All those things matter. And if you, if you want options, that's the thing about me and my wife. If we want a good buffet, it's because we want to try different shit. And we can't agree on the type of food that we want. She may want Italian, and I may want Chinese. Hey, I go to a buffet, I can have them both. Then I can flip it. Then I can get some other shit. But it has to be a good buffet. Palace Station? No, Main Street Station. There are some whack-ass buffets. Palace Station, we did their buffet. It's actually pretty good now. I I use that as a horrible example. It used to be very shitty. But they redid, like, entire, like, front and bottom lobby. They actually did their casino over again. But, yeah, they redid the buffets. It was delicious. I think Station Casinos have now closed all their buffets permanently, though, due to the COVID. Yeah, and I don't blame them. It's, It's dangerous. Yo, the liability has to be bananas. Yeah. So, so like you just can't have an outbreak every other day because you're a fucking buffet. So yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I can't listen, give me a good brunch spot. Um, I think that's the last bet I owe you is the brunch bet. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Well, we only have one bet after that. <laughs> I'm gonna win the next one. <laughs> on, uh, have you told? Do, do we tell Tom Brady what? just got a knee a knee surgery? He said he's gonna feel better me? this year. He said what last year he played me? on a torn MCL. I got this. No, you you are the wildest. Bet- like anybody who's listening, tell Kale that this is ridiculous. He gave the NFC. He picking Tampa Bay to return to the Super Bowl. I get the field. I get Correct. every team in the NFC. You have to get to the Super Bowl. That means in a volatile league where injuries happen all the time, you're giving me the field. No, as Tom Brady doesn't get hurt, I'm fine. Hmm. The <laughs> NFC is down. They're going to get a bye. So you're telling me Tom Brady has to win two games in the playoffs at home? I'm telling it's- you that it's nothing is guaranteed in the NFL. It isn't, but no bet is guaranteed. 
No Most bets are 50-50. But... No, I'm this taking is not... this is greater than 50-50. You're giving me the field. Yeah, against the field, I'd say the Bucks still has 70% chance of making it. I don't say 70. Here, but here's the best part about it. I get to watch you sweat every single week. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me until we get to the playoffs. I don't give a shit. I don't care. And none <laughs> yeah. of this stuff matters to me. All, as long as they don't miss the playoffs, I'm straight. I'm if saying. they miss the playoffs, then I'm a wrap. Uh, like if then you, I'm tight. If it's even close coming down the stretch and they got to like win to get in, then yeah. then. But their division sucks. Falcons suck. Panthers suck. Um, Saints, Breeze is gone. Jameis Winston might be their quarterback. They might have a tight end at quarterback. They suck. Like, no one's Tampa Bay's level. Ah, listen, man, just saying, be careful. You know what would be really fun? What would be really fun for me? If the playoffs come down to a game between the Giants and the fucking Bucks, oh. I, can, I get to watch you squirm. <laughs> now, at that point, at that point, we just got to go. We got to watch it at the sports book of, like, We'll, we'll go to Caesar Palace because I've never been to that brunch spot. We got to go to the sports book, watch the game. If I lose, then we're headed straight to the buffet. Like, if, if the Giants win, we're headed straight to the buffet. I'll be the happiest guy ever. We're going to eat. I'm going to be stupid drunk. We're going to have a blast. And then if the Giants lose, and let's say that's the championship game, and the, then, you know, Tampa goes on, Cool. Like, I, you get to console me because my Giants lost, but you console me with a delicious meal. So that'd actually be all right. It's a I'll, win-win. If you say so, you can call it a win-win, but I will <laughs> enjoy this. I will enjoy this because, listen, you're picking the Bucks. There's the Seahawks. There's the Rams. There are still my Niners. That's just in the NFC West. They're still there. You still have Aaron Rodgers. NFC East, no one was even coming close to 500. Aaron Rodgers might not play for them. Like, I don't... I mean, All let's just say the Bears. Up. Let's just say Justin Fields is the truth for the Bears. Let's yeah. just say not as I'm, a I'm, just, look, I'm just I'm just telling you. Hey, we they said the same shit about Patrick Mahomes. He started. What happened? Second Listen, year. it look the Eagles could be all right. You never know. You never know. Tom Brady's old. All it takes is one. And look, I I never root for injuries, but I'm rooting for a blindside hit that, that turns into a concussion. And Tom's like, you know what? I can't play anymore. And then I get to watch you just squirm. But that doesn't need to happen to Tom. Tom can play. I lo- I just like to see what happens. This will be a fun year. I can't wait to eat. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna win this bet. Um, okay. <laughs> before we jump into AW and the rest of our topics going forward, um, still one thing we have to talk about. It's been so long that we haven't discussed pro wrestling that we completely missed the topic from last week that I don't want to glance over. So it's one of those that, you know, I was like, yo, we have to talk about it no matter what on today's show. Last week was the 25 year anniversary of the NWO. And to this day, I think it might be the biggest yeah, the biggest booking decision in pro wrestling history. It is. Um, the only thing that I can think of outside of that is obviously the Montreal screw job. Uh, but the end of the, the <laughs> oh, day, that that that's a booking decision. That, that is, that is. I didn't think of it that way. But I mean Brett was gone. Like, right? Like yeah, the company just would have been either or that's polarizing, but Brett was gone. Like he wasn't gonna stay if they didn't screw him. But like the NWO one is more like changing like no one was leaving if that shit flops and people don't 
treat Hogan as a baby face, you're fucked. Like your whole company's I'm- different. Look, it goes both ways. Here's why the Montreal Screwjob is one of the biggest booking decisions. And the listeners, you guys can say which one was bigger. And it's funny because they all happen around like the same 12 to 14 month period. When if if the Montreal Screwjob doesn't happen, we don't get Mr. McMahon as the heel. And if we don't get Mr. McMahon as the heel, we don't get one of the greatest feuds in WWE history between Stone Cold and Vince. It all happens. That's because true. of the whole Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Is that thing. booking though, or is that a shoot? That's absolutely because no, that's booking. Brett, Brett was shooting on that, like the like, Brett spitting on his face and cutting the promo off it. Like that was a shoot. That wasn't booked. That was Brett's but, reaction. But but Vince turned it into a work with Brett screwed Brett. He yeah. appeared on television and said Brett screwed Brett and became a heel because Brett was so beloved. You also remember this is before the internet was like a thing. Like with the internet was huge and dirt sheets. Nobody knew Brett was really leaving. It happened because I remember watching. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what happened. So that was a straight up booking decision. The whole course of the WWF changed because of that decision. NWO obviously was huge and it made WCW an, a force in pro wrestling. So it's a toss up to me. But NWO was so big because you, nobody ever thought Hogan would turn heel. That was the yeah. one thing that was just like, he comes down, Savage is on the ground, and he drops that leg, and you're like, oh, shit. I mean, obviously, the NWO is one of the greatest storylines in pro wrestling history because it was blurring the lines between real and fake. Like, what is Hall and Nash doing here? Why are they using their real names? Like, they came out from the crowd. Then, you know, they had a third partner. You wonder who it was. Originally, it was supposed to be Sting, which is crazy. But it ends up being Hogan. Hogan turns heel, turns the company upside down, carries that title, and then... Through all this, if you if you go back and watch all this old WCW stuff, the NWO got ruined pretty fucking quick. quick like if you really think about it, it was fun for a while. Then it was like, wait, Vincent, Scott Norton, Horace Hogan. Like, why do you keep adding people? It got out of control really quick. It's like they had a great idea. It was like a good movie with a good intro, like Belly, and then just like a terrible follow through. Yeah, to me, it's like The Matrix. Like, it started off great in the first movie. The second one starts getting out of control. The third one's like, yo, this is irrelevant. Or like, Fast and Furious. <laughs> people Which still I love watch. that shit. You, you did watch the new one? Fuck that shit. I haven't watched it either. Oh, hell no. I'm not watching that shit. No Tyrese is in space. I'm so sick. Oh, Tyrese is in space. I got to see it's it. It just got out of later. control. I'm man. not going to pay for it, but I got to see it. Yeah, I mean, no. dinosaurs are next. Or time travel. Something crazy. That shit's the MCU at this point. So with that be so the biggest thing about the NWO and the formation going back to that is, do you remember where you were that night or what you were yes, doing? Yes, I remember exactly where it was. Yes, yes. I remember exactly because I used to, I had a black box. I watched every pay-per-view. It was Sunday. I think my boy Mook was with me. I'm pretty sure. And I was in my room at my pop's house and we watched it. And he didn't care because all my friends weren't pro wrestling fans. They just watched the shit because I would refuse to not watch it. So I don't know what we were doing. We were probably talking to some girls on the phone, whatever. He was doing something. And I watched this match because I was intrigued because I wanted to know who is this third member. And I'm watching the match and Hogan comes down, he drops the leg. And I remember the look on his face because he was like, what the fuck? And I was just like, yo, and then they cut the promo and all the trash is flying in the ring. <laughs> and I'm like jumping up and down, hollering and shit. Like I'm, I'm straight marking out because I'm like, this is unbelievable. 
And he's like, he's confused because he's like, I thought Hulk Hogan was a good guy and all this shit. It's incredible, man. It was, and then there, again, there's no internet. So what do you do? You just sit there and like, I'm like, who do I call? Because none of my friends like pro wrestling. Like, who can I tell about this shit? Then? I just sat with it. But then my boys was watching pro wrestling for those few weeks. That was the time that people who didn't like pro wrestling were watching it because Hall, Nash, Hogan, they were cool. Yeah, they were cool. And it was like and then the sting and the rafter shit like for that brief moment in time, wrestling was cool. Just like when the attitude era was cool, the rock in Austin and like my wife used to watch wrestling and then it just got stupider again. She didn't like John Cena. But that was the best years of pro wrestling that mainstream appeal that everybody watched. But that moment, I'll never forget it. That's one of that night is one of only two WCW moments I remember. What's the like watching live? Because I was always a WWF guy or kid, I guess, at that point. But I remember watching that because I was I was at a party at the same place. It was my grandma's friend who always used to either everyone came to our crib for pay-per-views because of Black Box or into her crib for pay-per-views. Her name was Conga, very tall Puerto Rican woman. Um, my cousin Sydney still, I see my cousin Sydney all the time, her son. So we were over there and she's, her name is Conga, like a Conga drum in Puerto Rico. Cause she's that loud. Like they just say, every time she speaks, she's like <laughs> a Conga <laughs> drum. You can hear her forever. Right. So her name was Conga and the list of obscenities that came from this woman's mouth in Spanish and English, when Hogan drops the leg. It's something I'll never forget in my life. And there's, <laughs> I had to be like eight, nine years old. So there's kids from like seven, big ass party, seven through like 16 and everyone's parents. My grandma's there, there's food, everything. She had the big box TV. So oh, the big, those. big pay-per-views we watch at her crib because we had like a normal ass TV with the box. She had the, the giant silver joint or it was wooden. At like a wooden case. And the speakers are on the bottom of the case. And we'd watch it over there. And she always had bomb food and shit. And when he drops the leg, boy, like I, I feel like maybe someone next to her just got hit with a chancla, just chancleta, bam, real quick, just off a reflex. She was so mad. You couldn't tell this woman that shit wasn't real. And she cursed, no exaggeration, for 15 minutes straight. The stuff is being thrown in the ring. I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear the promo. I only saw the promo because she cut a way crazier promo. Incredible. In Spanglish, nothing but obscenities. Stuff you could not repeat in 2021. She called Hulk Hogan. Oh, my God. Well, he deserved it. <laughs> she was always a Hulk Hogan guy. My grandma was a, um, a macho man Rick Rude fan. Like, yeah. just by nature. Like, Gonga was always a Hulk Hogan fan from, like, when I started watching wrestling over there, as far as I can remember. And literally, that broke her heart. Like, that was the craziest shit. So it's one of those things I will never forget. Midsummer, like, no one had to do shit the next day. My grandma worked for the school district, so, like, she was all. So everyone was over there. I'm sure they were drunk. I just can't remember at this time. Like, I don't remember adults drinking necessarily. But I'm sure they were all drunk and she was just going. That shit was crazy. So I know how it like affected everyone at that time. It was just bananas. Then this next question, is that the greatest heel turn in wrestling history? Yes. 
Yes, there, I, there's, there's no greater heel turn than that. And there are going to be some people that'll say, well, when Austin turned on The Rock and joined Vince McMahon at the end of WrestleMania 17, that was yeah. a great heel turn. And it, it was surprising, don't get me wrong, but the, the, the template had already been set with Hogan. You know, prior to that, I don't think we ever really had a true white meat babyface turn heel. Like Hogan wasn't just a wrestler. He was like an icon. He was an actor. He was a mainstream superstar who, for most of us who didn't see regional wrestling when before Hulk Hogan became Hulk Hogan, there was no chance he was going to turn heel. We just never we didn't like him. Some of us didn't like him because <laughs> he was still spotlight, but there was no chance of him turning heel. So that moment, that's why it was so shocking. Austin turning on the rock. That was shocking, too. Um, obviously, the follow through was no good. It was a bad decision at the end of the day. It was like the end of the attitude era in wrestling as we knew it at that time. But Hogan was just way more shocking, way more shocking. If that doesn't happen, the WCW doesn't compete. They never compete. Hogan had to turn heel. Can't yeah. think of one that's better than that. So I was. Listen, I'm, I have to agree because it's just monumental, right? It's not my favorite, though. Is it the biggest? Yes. It's not my favorite. That's why I think people can argue like the Stone Cold one. Like It could be your favorite. It's not as big. Nothing's ever as big. But my favorite heel turn is still Bret Hart. Like anti-American, super Canadian Bret Hart. I loved it. I mean, I thought it was incredible. But the thing about the Bret heel turn was it was a progressive heel turn. Like it wasn't like one night he was a heel. It was like you watched it. But that was the on the heels of the double turn, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, but you was watching that happen in real time. Like Austin was getting more and more popular. Brett was he was bitching and complaining. Like if you were if you remember going into WrestleMania 13, you know, Brett was upset because he had to wrestle Austin again, even though they had the match at Survivor Series. Austin threw him out the Royal Rumble and he wanted that the title match. He thought he deserved it. But he would whine and he was like, why do you fans start liking this piece of shit? Like, Brett was pissed, but the heel, you could see the heel turn happening. What so was, it was the very title progressive. match? Uh, uh, sit and take her. Brett oh, comes down God. at WrestleMania 13. Brett comes down and starts bitching and moaning. And Sid power bombs and was like, get your bitch ass out of here. And then Brett loses. But that, yeah, that was the title. Like, dude, watch WrestleMania 13 again. Like, nobody remembers that match. It's almost as bad no as... <laughs> Yeah, it's almost as bad as when Hogan and Rock wrestled at WrestleMania and Jericho and Triple H was the main event. Nobody remembers that main event. I couldn't tell you what happened in that main event, but I know it was the main event of WrestleMania. But the real main event was Hogan and Rock. After that match happened, nobody cared. Everybody just wanted to go home. Because nobody was interested in Triple H at all. Yeah, yeah I've completely Sid versus Taker. Yep, Sid and Taker. And Taker wins. Yes. And nobody cares. The streak is there. So Taker and gets no, the belt at Mania. And nobody cares. The match sucked. Sid nobody was cares. champ heading they, in, though, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody cared. Nobody cared. This, this is why I talk about when we talk about revisionist history with Taker wow. and the streak. There were so many matches that Taker had that nobody cared. It was just like, all right, the, the Kane feud? All right, cool. But that match? Nobody cared. That WrestleMania was a one-match Mania, and it was Austin- and Brett, by far the best match happened. Like, not that even it's beyond me not even caring. I didn't even know that Taker fought Sid at Mania. 
I didn't know what happened. And we go back and we watch Mania. It's like during Mania season, we'll go, yeah. and, you know, we'll do our marathons and all this shit. We've done is take overrated, you know, mm-hmm. take or streak his match. I didn't even know that this occurred. Like, yes. yo, wow. Like, yo, damn, I got to watch that Mania back. Brett. Good luck. Yo, Brett Austin was the main event, like the final match. <laughs> no, not no? at all. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I don't think it I wasn't dude else from that, that mania then. I I I don't know what I've done my entire life. Like I just skipped over the entire mania. That match, the funny thing about that match is, is they had done it so many times. Well, not so many times. They had done it up to the point where the match was just like, all right, cool. We're gonna watch this match. That that's what it was because to that point, their greatest match was that Survivor Series, which was really good. But it was kind of like, in it, I don't want to say it's exactly like it, but when Taker and Foley and Mankind wrestled at Hell in the Cell, that was a cold match. That match was announced and nobody was like, oh, I can't wait for this match because it, it came in cold. Yeah. And then they ended up having, you know, Foley gets tossed off with the damn K. All, we remember that, but the build of that match sucked because there was no build. This match was very similar in that because there was really no build. If you look at WrestleMania 13, it sucks. Like, it really sucks. Taker Sid sucked. Then you had Legion of Doom and Ahmed Johnson uh, versus the Nation Domination. Oh, eh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That sucked. Um, Triple H and Goldust. That sucked. Uh, Rocky Maivia and the Sultan. And if I remember correctly, I believe this is where Rocky Johnson jumps in the ring to help his son at the end. That sucked. Uh, and that, what was it? I'm looking at the list now. The Headbangers. Doug Furness and Phil Lafon, the Godwins and the new Blackjacks with Bradshaw and Blackjack Barry Windham. They opened the show in a four-way elimination match. That oh. sucked. And then you had Owen and the British Bulldog versus Mankind Invader. And it ended in a fucking double count out. <laughs> Poor Vader. They didn't do right by Vader either in the WWE. Nah, and no, I no. liked Vader in the WWE, but then I went back and like when I got older and watched other like big van vader shit like oh vader was so dope dude vader i just watched an old great american bash i believe it's 88 89 maybe 90 when vader debuts in wcw and i was like wow and i remembered i was just like yo there was so big van vader there was so much and then he came to wwe i just as a kid i remember i was like why is he so different in wwf than wcw was like it wasn't the same guy he was, I mean, they put him on Boy Meets World after that. And I loved his cameo in Boy Meets World. <laughs> but that's not the guy I went back and watched in the late 80s, early 90s as I got older. No, like, you not at all. No, like the guy was an animal. Like, you, you believed that he was the baddest man on the planet. I, I've never gone back and watched old, like, pre-WWE Bam Bam Bigelow. That's something I want to do. Because it Go gives watch, me, like, those same vibes. Watch ECW Bam Bam Bigelow with Triple Threat. Watch that version of Bam Bam. Fuck the one that wrestled Lawrence Taylor. Watch Bam Bam <laughs> in ECW as part of Triple Threat. And you, it's like the match with Taz. Go watch the match with Taz. It's incredible. Oh, and I it's, it's, check it out. I haven't seen it. You've never seen the match with Taz? No, I'm going to tell you it. what happens. Because I've, I've never ever- seen pre-WWE Bam Bam Bigelow. Ever. Oh, Christ. Not one match. Listen, go back. Don't read anything about it. Just go back and watch the match. When you see the match, you're going to go, oh, because it's a highlight that you didn't know existed until you see this match. It's an ECW highlight. Okay. No, I can't. <laughs> well, that's what I'm doing after the show then. Um, no, nah, yeah, it, it's crazy to think 
one, the careers of people, you know, pre-WWE. And then now with the NWO, these are the careers of people post-WWE, right? So you have Hulk, Nash, Hogan reinventing himself. That spot, they were able to turn older talent and even Hall and Nash, I guess, in the prime of their career into main event players quickly, heat them up, create guys like Goldberg. They had the magic. I'm not calling, I mean, it's so easy to compare AEW and WCW, but you don't know what AEW is going to be. So I don't want to like, you know, saddle them with this, but you can look and see comparisons of like, yo, you guys can turn Chris Jericho into a main event player again. And it feels right. You can get a guy like Moxley and make him something even bigger than what he was in WWE feels right. You, you have Cody to a degree, you know, in ring prowess aside is a superstar. You guys were able to unlock that. They were not kudos. Like they got that magic touch right now where at this point I trust everything. WCW had that magic touch around that point. How did they lose that momentum? How did it fail so bad? And then I can hear people oh. saying, you know, like creative control, right? Like that's always things people go to like, Oh, Bischoff let Nash book shit and then it went to hell or Hogan book shit went to hell. Like, is it that simple? Yes, it is. Like when you let the inmates run the asylum, it's just going to suck. But that's what AEW like, does you look and they're at fine. That's different because in WCW, they started, not only did they have the inmates like booking the matches, but there was no checks. There was like, if you ever listen to a Bret Hart interview, and I always know it sounds like sour grapes, but he was like, I'd show up and nobody knew what they were doing. And there was always like a tug of war of who's doing. There was no like parody because, you know, Goldberg got shot up the roster. And then the whole decision for Goldberg to lose to Kevin Nash with that stupid cattle prod at Starcade, that was ridiculous. But then like all these people wanted to be in NWO. Then you started neglecting the cruiserweight division, which was really the real reason WCW got over. As much as you talk about NWO, the reason like most of us tuned in is because those cruiserweight matches at the top of the card. As soon as we would tune in, it'd be Malenko versus Jericho or Malenko and Mysterio or Psychosis and Mysterio and Juventud Guerrero. That's who put it over. And then those guys could never be elevated. So many people. Yeah. And like the DDP run was incredible, but there were so many times that they kept the title back on Hogan or they found a way to give it back to Hogan and people were exhausted because it was like, well, shit, man, like Luger won the title. He got it back the next night. Uh, Piper beats Hogan with a sleeper hold. Nobody knows this. The match ends. You're like, yeah, Piper's a champ. Then you find out it's a non-title match. They did so many bad decisions booking WCW after the NWO. Like the Sting thing was great. Sting and Hogan at Starcade. So much hype went into that match. Go back and watch that match. It's fucking terrible. And it's overbooked. Wasn't there it's a ton a of run-ins? Like a ton yes, of like shenanigans and shit. I watched that not too long ago. It was on the network. It, I was like, why is there so much interference and bullshit in this match? And then, you know, I, then you have Vince Russo. Russo comes over with his crash booking from WWF. And it only worked for WF for a while. But then you used it for WCW and just it just was a mess. It was a mess. Nothing made sense. Then you introduced WCW Thunder. And then Thunder just, it was supposed to be a stone show, but it wasn't good because you had, it, it just didn't, nothing made sense anymore. Like watch the dying years of WCW, 98, 99, just really bad booking, like terrible booking. And it's creative, it's creative shit. Hogan should have never been allowed to hold on to the belt that long, but there was no real plan. Didn't they give Booker T the belt? Wasn't he the last champion? 
yeah, that's that's 2000. That's after, you know, the sale. But hmm. they had so many opportunities to put somebody else over and they kept burying them in the NWO. And then you had like, I know some people loved it, but like the black and white versus the Wolfpack, I fucking hated it. I thought it was the worst booking decision ever. I like that. Then the LWO comes in it and then you start getting weird shit. And then Sting joins black and red. And then it was stupid to me. Here's yeah. why I was stupid. Sting to joining me. the NWO might've been the, the nail in the coffin. It was stupid because the NWO was so special with three guys. And then it, you know, as they then Savage joined and yet perfect and a bunch and Conan, then it started getting out of control. Right. There was just too many people. But then you did, you split it off with black and red. And I'm like, well, NWO is supposed to be a heel brand. Shouldn't it be a entirely new faction to deal with the NWO rather than the Wolfpack? I just thought it was whack because it was like all oh, powers. It, it, you could just tell that the same guys were booking the show and refused to let somebody like Jericho get to the top of the card. That's how Jericho ends up in WWF because there's nowhere for him to go. They, they put a ceiling over Eddie Guerrero. Uh, obviously, Chris Benoit had his he had a nice run, but you know, Eddie Guerrero, Booker T, Chris Benoit, like they had to play second fiddle to anything the NWO was doing. And it's not like Hogan was turning in five star classics. It's not like <laughs> Nash and, and Hall were doing the same thing. And it was so many screwy finishes. That's what like overbooked was really because of WCW. It just got out of fucking control. WWE is doing that shit to T now. Just yes, overbooking they- every finish. Yeah, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. But that that was the death knell. They they had nowhere to go. They signed Bret Hart and ruined him. Well, Goldberg fuck Goldberg up? fucked him up. No, even before that, go back to when Bret first shows up. He's just kind of meandering. I like they don't, shorts, they, Bret though. And I had the the Bret you, Hart hockey jersey. They just didn't do anything with him. They yeah. did nothing with him. Like you got to use. Like, how do you sign Bret ASAP? immediately knowing that what he, where he came from knowing how much heat was on the wwf at the time for what happened to brett knowing how good bret hart was how do you not hot shot him into a title program instead he just they dude he had nothing to do what if you ever get a chance to watch those nitros he did nothing every week he just came out and just kind of stood around with his hands on the hips with his jean shorts on he had nothing to do there's so many programs that could have ran they did nothing imagine bret hart versus eddie guerrero Imagine Bret Hart versus Jericho. They didn't do any of that shit. Perry Saturn, Chris Benoit. They didn't do any of that shit. None of it. And if they did do it, if, I, if I'm forgetting and somebody's like, well, he did. Nobody remembers it. It was never like a big program. It's Bret Hart. Excellence execution. They fucked up big time. Crazy. And then that was it. 25 years ago, NWO was born. It's like 27 years ago, the company folds. Like, yeah. just that that easy. It's grand opening, grand closing. So that's it's cool to go down memory lane, talk about that. It's something I wanted to do. Let's have our first break. Let's talk about current pro wrestling. We're going to come back talking AEW and NXT right after the break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Hey, everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show 
fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. Time for AEW. And Dre, this latest show, first off, congrats, AEW, going over a mil. 1.1 by some calculations. That is amazing. Damn, they're about to catch Raw here in a second. So that was good. Hopefully it's not a one-time thing. Hopefully this is, um, you know, a sign of things to come. Competition is great. You know, everything gets better when you have multiple promotions, multiple places for people to shine. It's never good for people to just sit and catering at all. So this was very, very good. I listen, kudos to them. The show this week though, had its ups and downs to me. I've seen people uh, looking at this grade right now online, giving it an A people the night of was like, Oh my God, this is such an amazing show to me. When I was watching in real time, I was like, it's cool, but like a lot of stuff was still hit and miss to me. And then now we have Fighter Fest, which is next week and a week after. I I don't know. I I'm I'm torn because I see where they're building for the pay-per-view uh, all in or whatever in September, and I like it, but some stuff still isn't hitting to me. Hmm. I gave the show an A. I thought it was excellent. I thought the crowd was super hot. Oh, the crowd was incredible, by the way. The crowd gets an A+++++. The crowd makes such a difference in AEW. The shit's great. I mean, best fans in pro wrestling. I, I mean, I don't think there was much that didn't hit, in my opinion. I thought Brick Baker's promo was A1. I told you it's impossible to keep her heel. She's too fucking good. She's yep. too fucking good. I thought Miro's promo as God's champion is fucking fantastic. I thought this is the best use of Miro since Rusev Day. He's just him cutting promos and, you know, they got the new title, whatever. But yeah. he new looked great. great. I th- I thought whatever. It's a huge upgrade on that title. The fact that they closed the show with essentially what you would call a mid-card match between Darby. It, like, I thought that was great. The coffin match I thought was great. Um, there wasn't much that I didn't like off of this show. I, you know, uh, Alistair Black or Malachi Black thought that was great. It was just, really? they, I, I didn't think there was too much stuff that missed. All right. So I will start with the opener, Matt Hardy. And that match, I did do much for me. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm done with Matt Hardy and private party. I was fine with the match. I enjoyed it. See, I, I thought it was all right. Um, Christian Cross, cool. Him with Jurassic Express is like whatevs. Again, it's not bad. It's just like, all right, like that's how it opened. Okay, whatever. Um, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega. I like the promo, right? Like, what the hell can I say? And this is what I mentioned. I see what they're building towards, and I like it for the pay per view. Do I need a five man versus five man match in two weeks? Maybe not, right? Like, I, I don't need to see him and Omega do, like, 
I could see Hangman Page wrestle someone from the crew one on one. It'd be fine. I don't know if I need a five man versus five man with the Dark Order, but I don't. Mind I it. see where they're going. So that one was cool. The promo was all right. Their Brick Baker, I thought her promo, her section, the crowd was hot for. I thought that was cool. Nyla Rose afterwards, whatevs. Like it's just the big show spot. And this is her first baby face, like real turn. You know, Nyla just, it was cool. But what has Nyla done recently to deserve that spot? You know, like a shot at the chat. It's just the big show spot. So then after I saw that, I was like, eh, okay, cool. Love the, love the main event. Can't say shit about, the, like, it's Darby Allen, man. The guy's fucking crazy. I, I love it. Um, QT Marshall was on my television again. I do not love that. Like for what? QT, we all know QT Marshall is, is whack, but we also we also all know that everything can't hit on a television show. No, 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 no. But I mean, people act like you know unicorns flew out the ass of this show. I'm just saying, like, there's there's cool stuff, but there was still stuff. Where I was like, all right, Magic Girl. I was like, okay, whatever. Just trying to get new people on there. Um, someone who jumped off the screen to me was uh, Wheeler. Him and Sammy Guevara, I didn't expect much from that match. I was like, yo, it's pretty good. Yeah. So I like that. I'm not sure if he signed permanently, but I thought that was dope. Um, I like Moxley's entrance. Didn't like the match against Machine Gun. Seemed clunky. Hmm, I thought it was fine. Look, for, for, for a TV... This is why I people guess, get yeah, it. Yeah. If yeah. this is this is an A show for a TV. This is not a pay-per-view, but this this is a show that they they did the right thing with the crowd. They gave mm-hmm. them the angles that they wanted. Like I told you, they couldn't do Paige versus Omega until they got a crowd back because Paige is over. I told you that last the, two weeks ago. Paige is so fucking over, but they can't do it without a crowd. It you don't have the same energy. You have a built-in storyline. There's a lot there. The Christian Cage Matt Hardy, yeah, was it the greatest match? No, they have history. But there's something there when Jungle Boy was looking up at Luchasaurus holding up Christian. They could be angling towards something. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Ooh, they, they Jungle Boy be. turn? I don't know. That's, I'm that's just saying because uh, Excalibur called it out. He was like, oh, a confused look on Jungle Boy's face as Luchasaurus is holding up Christian Cage. And the week prior to that, it was Christian Cage, you know, giving the pep talk to Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus coming in and they had like a conversation. They're planting seeds. I thought this... For Dynamite, for TV, this was a really good show. Not everything is going to hit at the same level, but I don't think there was any clear-cut misses other than seeing QT Marshall on my screen. That'll always be a miss. Yeah, but, always. Uh, but Malachi Black and you know facing off with Cody, look. Cool. I, if, if, right. As long as he goes over, that's all I care about. Oh, he's and not, not going to go. Like, Cody's not going to win, of course. No. Yeah, he's going to so go it, over. So it's... It's fine if he kicks him in the next week and tells him to go home with his But kids. what is Cody? This Cody's- Again, this is nitpicky because I think it works. But that's all that I'm saying where I'm like, yo, you know what? I just I don't know how to feel about it. I know it's a very good show. I just don't know how to feel about some of the things leading to the pay-per-view because it more than I'm not insinuating that it was a bad show or even an average show. It just left me with a lot of questions and very confused in moments. Because Cody versus QT Marshall for three months was just super babyface versus QT Marshall heel. But now, Malachi Black is getting babyface reactions and Cody's kind of a heel? 
I, I don't get it. Or is Malachi Black the the heel stalking Cody? I I don't know what that is. I mean, they have to. This is one of those situations. Once you have a crowd back, people were booing Cody. Yeah, and I just I don't, it, I don't get it, and it's only because they put him against Malachi Black. Immediately. Yeah, I mean, so you, it, I, you know what? I'm not one. sure. Yeah. I'm not sure if they booed him be- just because it was black. I think some people are just sick of Cody. Shit. And that has a lot to do with it. <laughs> yes. My my people, we have arrived. Yeah, and, and for the reality is, is the reality is, is that Cody's heel a much Cody better, better heel. So, yeah. yeah. So they could be going to that. But again, this is not something that necessarily bothers me. I think they did everything right for their first, you know, for a live crowd and being on the road. I think they did everything right. I had no issues with this show that were anything for me to call it an up and down show. I thought it was a good show. I was just confused. That's it. Like, good show. Great show. Better than average. I'm just confused by some things. That, that was the biggest thing. Like, Britt Baker, okay, you told me. I was less confused about that because you were like, yo, she's going to be a baby face. Yeah, it was not. I was like, she's yo, she's good. such a good heel. Like, no, as soon as crowds come back, she's going to be a baby face. And I'm just like, oh, they weren't going no. for And then they give her the big show moment. I was like, well, fuck, I guess they agree. They saw what Andrea saw, and they were just like, they're not going to boo her, so let's just give her the big show spot. Um, Christian Cage, is he going to be a baby face? Or excuse me, not not Christian Cage. Um, fucking what? The other Cage, big Brian Cage. It's dude. Now Cage, Ricky they Starks cheated. cheated yes, Ricky Starks is no Ricky yes, Starks. Is Ricky Starks incredible. He, but he's going to be the heel. Brian Cage is the like baby they, face. Like I'm so sympathize. Yes, big ass dude. Your big yes, ass they, dude. They, beat they the cheated, skinny guy. They cheated him out of the match. They cheated him. I don't know if they I like cheated him. Cage is. I, I'm fine with it because there is look, Brian Cage is a guy. He's never gonna be the top guy. He is a He's gonna guy. be a guy. Yeah. And you're gonna get what you're gonna get out of this. You're gonna get Will Hobbs versus Brian Cage at some point. Big meaty men slapping meat. Ricky I'm Starks. The only thing I will say about Team Taz is I need Team Less Taz. I yeah. need Ricky Starks to be the mouthpiece. Not that, not that he's bad Taz at what he does, but I think allowing Ricky Starks to break out will make a whole lot more sense. I haven't liked the, the entire um, the interaction with Tully Blanchard and, and LAX. I thought that was funny because they had the crowbar and threatened to crack him over the head. And I thought did. that was cool. Um, yeah. yeah, LAX. LAX is showing glimmers of hope. I mean, we knew, just, it was, we knew it was coming. Yeah. This, this was, they were not going to be held down for too long. No. Just got to short things out. Just, so, yeah. Let them run with it. That's... Let them run. Because you can see it now. Now it's coming. Now it's developing. Um, Conan is back, but he's with someone else. Or no, he was with them, but they brought in someone else last week, which was weird. But now it looks like they might have Conan and then Tully's there. Like, it's okay. Let them run. Let them run with it. Let's see where it goes. Don't don't quiet them down again. I love the Bucks as heels as well. And to me, like, you can kind of have like a heel versus heel matchup. I don't even know if LAX are heels right now. They're not. The inner circle of baby faces. Baby faces. Yeah, like, so... But, I mean, even them within the inner circle, they're kind of like... I don't want to see say the Stooges, but they're... They're the rough-around-the-edges portion of the inner circle. Like, if, if Jericho needs shit to get done, he definitely sends them to do it. No, he sends Hager to do it. Oh, God. No, Hager takes the pin. Hager's horrible. Yes, but that's Hager's what they send to do the job. 
Yeah, but like if they if he needs like someone to get beat up backstage or he needs to start a ruckus, LAX goes in there, starts the ruckus. So it's just but I think yeah, they're trending in the right direction. I'll be happy when you know the the crew beef is over and we can see where they go after this. But I, I definitely like what they're doing um with them. It's just some things are confusing. The babyface heel dynamics of some of the matchups are confusing. I was further confused by what I saw this week. Matches, though, promos. It's a very above-average great show this week, though. And I'm glad yeah. it popped the rating it did. They are doing right by the people they have in positions. All summer, or I guess we're in the summer, all spring, all winter, I was very vocal. You agreed to, to the extent of, I don't know what the hell they're doing with their mid-card. They're very good at the top. Yeah, the card's a little shaky. It was carried by like the Darby's, the you know the younger guys, MJF at a point. And I was like, I, don't, I still don't know if the mid card is really there. Now I can say it's there because they oh, have three mid card feuds that are just great to me. Yeah, everything is kind. It of, feels like it has a purpose. That's that's the feeling of the show. Like everything on this show feels like it's doing something, moving towards something. Like even if you call Miro the mid card champion. There's something there, and that, you know they're going to go with. Uh, I mean, look, Moxley's a top guy, but they're going to go back to the Lance Archer match. They referenced the New Japan match, which was actually pretty fucking good and violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's things that they're going to be able to do that's going to be enjoyable, and fans are going to like it. And you know, as long as they don't start overbooking shit, they're in a good spot. They're in a good spot, especially as the alternative. There is a reason why that crowd is hot, is because they believe in the product. I don't know if. Raw, I'm not going to specifically say the SmackDown because they have the Roman program, which is hot. Yep. Raw is going to have a really hard time if they think fans are just going to be reacting positively to all the bullshit they've been doing. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, honestly, even diehard WWE fans, I, I think you're hard-pressed if you see online to get anyone to say that Raw is even comparable to SmackDown. It's not like a, it's not at all. Like, no, Raw like, yeah, Raw is, Raw is the worst television program pro wrestling wise going and I, I rather watch impact shout out to justin yeah i the group like i'd rather watch impact than watch raw i catch raw the next day and i skim through it um i read recaps to make sure i didn't miss anything like it's it's almost unbearable and it's the longest show it's almost unbearable uh except ricochet's gonna push so i've watched all the ricochet matches if you call that a push hey, he's on television how about that? <laughs> he's, right. he's on television. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. It's it's not a, if it's not a push, he's on TV. Um, and then we have NXT. We didn't recap Great American Bash, so might as well talk about that now. I thought it was cool. It was all right. It was. I don't. It was better than the pay per view that they just had. Okay. Right. Like for uh, a TV pro, I think it was better. Sure. MSK versus Champa and Thatcher, I thought was cool. That yeah, was good. I, I don't understand why fans are still booing MSK. I can't figure this I, out. I'm not sure if they're going to cheer them. I honestly don't know if they're ever going to get cheered. Because I, I like them. I think they're cool. I don't, I don't know why fans are booing them, but I think that's the thing. And eventually they might have to go heel because of it. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But it feels like a very ironic booing. It's like, oh, let's just boo him because we don't like how Jordan Oliver looks or some shit. Not Jordan Oliver, but they don't like how they look. I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's a weird thing. I think to they me. don't like the name Wesley. 
I mean, it is whack, but I'm not going <laughs> to fool him because he's Desmond Xavier. God yeah. No, I thought the match was cool, though. I thought that was good. Um, L.A. Knight, Cameron Grimes led to what we thought it was going to lead to. <laughs> uh, I Yo, love the promos this past week. Love them. The best part is Cameron Grimes is so stupid and goofy that he doesn't care. Like it, this whole butler thing, he like, you know, gets the little boy to go cut the lawn. <laughs> like he's wearing you know, like his skimmies with some, yeah, with his cowboy boots because he's still rich. Even though he's a butler, he's still rich and he doesn't care. This this is worked to a T. I enjoyed this a lot. The right man won, you know, L.A. Knight winning and having uh, Grimes as his butler. But butler's too dumb to give a shit. I, I enjoy that a lot. I thought it was great humor. I thought every the packages week were fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, that was really good. The match was there, uh, but the, match the result, okay. the result is what mattered there. And then Io Shirai, Zoe Stark defeating the way. I was surprised by that. I don't know why Io Shirai and Zoe Stark are really a thing, unless they break up sooner or later. I don't. I don't know Dog. what this is a vehicle for. But I'm all the way in on Team Index. So. <laughs> Listen, it led to more index moments, and I'm here for it. But the match and Io Shirai holding the title, I I don't get it. I, you know, but to keep her in NXT. Look, it's it's the uh, how do I say this? It is the direct consequence of them introducing tag team titles that never needed to be introduced in NXT because there's no reason for this. I said it when they introduced him. I was like, y'all, y'all don't do the one enough with the ones that you already got. Yeah. But now you have tag teams. And I mean, we could roll into it as we continue to talk about Great American Bash. Now you call up Chachi Blackheart and Tegan Knox, who Tegan has come back to attack Candace LeRae or to feud with Candace LeRae for hurting her. And then on Friday, she's on SmackDown, which you pulled her right out of that program. But now you lose Chachi Blackheart, who was teaming with Ember Moon. So now there's no tag team. So how many tag teams are left? Two. Um, they're doing they, they, they a good job of building um, the Casey chick and the black girl with the with the dreads. But they're never going anywhere. Casey Zero and Kaylin Carter, they're, they're not going anywhere, right? So if you look at their tag teams, there's like three of them. And I guess you can count. Well, you can't because Aaliyah just left the Robert Stone brand. Yeah, and then so they're Taya right. Valkyrie. So I don't know if Ty is going to be in a tag team. But the fact that they had these tag team titles to begin with, where it would have been much better going back to when Nia Jackson and uh, Shayna had the titles, if they just go from show to show defending those titles. That's a lot better than being forced to put, you know, Io Shirai into a tag team because you have titles, you don't know what to do with them. It's It's a direct consequence of that. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. And now that you're moving these parts, a Tegan Knox thing is baffling to me. To, to move her, and some people are like, well, you know, she got to get her opportunity. Yo, she has a program right here with Candice LeRae that would have been great in NXT. What yeah. is Tegan Knox going to do on SmackDown? I, I was Nobody just, even knows who she is. No, I was thinking, like, maybe they can package her as something. You know, she's a blank canvas, so she's whatever they want her to be. But also the injuries, it's kind of like, yo, we just, it's time she should get off the pot. But but what are we doing? Like, there's the nothing for her to do. In some, it's, but there's nothing. But she came in as a blank canvas, which makes yeah. it even worse. It's not like she because obviously Shotzi has the tank. She has something that Vince clearly likes. 
a look, something that's very distinctive about Shashi Blackheart. If you look at Tegan Knox, she's just a girl. Yeah. And that never works on SmackDown or Raw. If she would have came into her feud with Candice LeRae and had a great showing and like put herself back on the map, because if you're a Laps fan and you come back every now and then, you're like, who the fuck is Tegan Knox? And now why is she on SmackDown? Like, I don't even know if they're going to do the right thing with Shashi Blackheart because Shashi has a much better chance. <laughs> but the, the problem is, is, well, you, now you have too many baby faces on SmackDown. Yeah, they needed heels. They desperately need heels. We got Bianca. Like, by the time you guys listen to the show, Bianca Belair and Carmella will have wrestled because Bailey's now hurt with yeah. a torn ACL, which should be out for a minimum of nine months. Yeah, they're in trouble. And then then what do they do on top of that? They bring Mandy Rose back to NXT. What the fuck are they doing? I don't know. Yo, like. I feel like Raw is packed full of baby faces, too. They, they dude, they need to shake mess. up badly. They might have to just be like, yo, Oscar, come back to SmackDown and try to figure out a way to turn Oscar heel. They, they, she, they've damaged her so much in the process where it's the, like yeah but she's like the hand where at least you know like yo she's gonna give us great matches right like she can act like she's buddy buddy with bianca and then turn on her and just get us through the winter like she's that good but you'd be like yo just help us get through it like they do with kevin owens like they do with aj styles at points it's just like yo just help us get from point a to b because shit is kind of fucked up right it's some it's dude it's really a mess but the great american bash was it was fine it's like it was a, the, the tag title change is weird um what else do we have in that card obviously we had uh, just one cole, other thing cole uh, o'reilly and it was and it's weird because i was like this should be really good but it was it was fine it's i cool. i wasn't i wasn't like blown away by the match and then as the match is happening i'm like this ain't working for kyle something's not clicking there's a lot of things it's just it's because kyle's a, a great wrestler but babyface kyle in this feud even like the 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 promo well the interview he cut the following week this past week i was like i, I can't ever see him as a top guy based on the way this character is being presented something's goofy and weird about it but in ring he's great but this feud with cola is like i'm kind of over for this i don't know I mean, it seems like they're going to blow it off now, and they need to. They absolutely so, have to. Yeah, and just what's next for Kyle after? Th- that's the problem. You blew up the Undisputed Era. Cole will be fine. Now, yeah, Cole, I mean, Cole is Cole. He's going to be fine. But you blew up the Undisputed Era. Bobby Fish is kind of floating around now. You know, this week, he's Kushida comes and helps him. That feels weird. Roger Strong and Diamond Mine. All right. Malcolm Bivens is just phenomenal in whatever he does. I'm glad they gave him something to do because he's just way too good. But it feels like even Roddy with Bobby Fish, it's like, this is so weird that you blew up the Undisputed Era and it's like, they're so much better together. And I, I know sometimes you need to change, but hypothetically speaking, wouldn't it have been so much better for, and we hate call-ups, but let's just talk about like a utopian wrestling universe. If you called up the whole Undisputed Era to wreak havoc on the main roster, Oh, it would have been great as a unit. But, but now Vince you broke probably up. like, yo, you're calling up four small guys to do what? Right. Attack. Right. But that's Bobby what I'm saying. Lashley, like, that's not believable. Like, you know, it's fucking Vince. So, no, in a utopian situation, you would call up the Undisputed Era and everybody would pop because 
they'd be top guys immediately. They'd be a top faction immediately. Adam Cole, Bebe would be over immediately. All this shit would be over. But now you broke them up and they're not as good alone as the sum of their parts. Yes, Cole is great. But Cole by himself is so is not as powerful as he is with the squad. Like that squad means something. Them separated, it hurts Fish. It hurts O'Reilly. I don't know what's going to happen with Roderick Strong, but it just doesn't feel like those three on their own can get very far. No, I 100% agree. So, I mean, listen, the other thing we had on this um, was the hit row cipher. Oh, that was but great. Before, yeah, before yeah, we talk about that, that like maybe Kyle O'Reilly could be a good foil there and challenge for the North American title going forward. Well, it seems like Santos Escobar is going that route. For now. I mean, they're they're crewing it up, but I don't know if he's going to win. No, he's not going to win. Well, see, look, man, Santos Escobar, we keep saying it. He looks like the guy. He yeah. also looks like the guy that they wanted Andrade to be because he speaks very good English. Mm-hmm. And I, for whatever reason, just has an issue with guys who don't speak good English. But and it's it's also weird to see Andrade on AEW and every time he talks to his subtitles it feels very strange. But <laughs> but Santos looks like he should be a guy with a title in a major way. But I can't see him getting the title off a of swerve. He's lost more than he's won recently. Yes. And and I'm not sure exactly what we're doing with this now. And not to say that they can't figure it out. But I feel like Santos Escobar needs to be in a winning program sooner rather than later. Yep. And I don't know what that program is. I mean, there's plenty of crews now and factions to feud with, but is he going to beat the diamond mine? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of getting weird. Like you said, he needs a, a viable option for him to, to go over and win. And I'm not sure if, like, she is great and it's a cool run with the, you know, cruiserweight belt but i liked it better when it was on escobar right it like it it's, just can he win that back or is that a step backwards because now we both know he's and they're booking him like he's more than just a cruiserweight guy so can he really go back and get that title like i don't know he has to win I, that, the win problem somewhere. is you have to win so i don't want to say nxt is in a bad place because like hit row is great the L.A. Knight, Cameron Grimes stuff is great, but they have I thought this was some can't miss shit. They have sincerely fucked up with Karrion Cross. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand fans aren't fucking with him like that. I really liked how this latest episode finished with him attacking Joe. I thought he was going to drop the belt one to Gargano. I thought the match with Gargano was good and people understand early on they're like yo gargano's carrying them but i think by the end of it you're like yo they're both going and this is both really good and then him showing his vicious angle and choking out joe takes him away from what the biggest problem is is that they built him up as a tweener after he came back he's not a tweener he got to be a fucking killer no pun intended he has to be that monster heel he's not a good guy and they tweened him out and it was whack so, yes, he has to be Gargano. He has to crush Samoa Joe, who fans are really behind. He has to be an asshole in every sense of the word. This is why I say they fucked up with Cross. They pushed him up the car too fast. They didn't really build him. They just, here, beat up Ciampa, title match. You're the champ. Now you're hurt. Then you have a program with Santos Escobar. Nobody knows why. It just, for no fucking reason, they do this program. Then he gets the title back again over Balor. 
Now he's a champ. You do this fatal four away, or was it four or five? How many people? Five. Were that it was five. 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 A st- four of them are established NXT talents. Yeah. Or the super established ever. with incredible chemistry. And every time Cross came in, even though I got it, knowing what Cross's style is, if you're watching Cross for the first time, you never saw him in FCW, you didn't see him on Impact, he's just here and he's hot shotted up the ladder. It felt like they were hiding him. And people are, are going against what Cross is now because Gargano earned it. Cole earned it. Balor left, came back, earned it. You know what I'm saying? He Kyle earned Riley. it the first time. They didn't even rock it right. to the top. Right. So, but Cross is getting hot shot into the top. Then you put it after the pro, uh, Santos Escobar program, you put him in there with Balor. He wins the title back. You do this fatal five way. Then you do a match with Gargano, who is supposed to be a heel. What are you doing to because no matter what, Gargano's a heel, but he's NXT. Yeah, like he is like the heart, like what Sami Zayn was to NXT, Gargano was that guy. You can't really see him leave. He should always be there. He's never gonna give you a bad match. Even if he's a heel, you appreciate him. But as soon as a match they feel like it's not to Gargano standards, they're gonna blame Cross. Which is odd because I thought this one was. I thought I thought look, I thought it was a good match as well, but people are not happy with how quickly Cross had moved up the card and the the gray area that he's been competing in. Yeah. He he's getting out promo. Every week he cuts a promo, oh somebody slays him. Gargano just ripped him a new one last week. Ooh, so you can't lace my woman's boots. Boy, like so yeah. It, which is crazy because they, they Cross have, seeing Cross before on the mic was his strong suit. He was right. always a good talk. I don't, I don't understand it. But it's, it, it's a real simple fix. If you built him slow and you let him like pulverize, you know, smaller guys or guys who aren't champions or, you know, have him obliterated Roderick Strong, have him obliterated Bobby Fish, have him destroy Kushida, build up that heat. So when he gets that moment, it means something. Mm-hmm. Nothing means anything now. He's at the top of the card and nobody cares. Nobody likes it. I haven't seen anybody go, man, I really like Cross as champion. It doesn't work. Yeah. I like Cross. I'm not sold on him. Like this championship run is like whatever. The only way to fix it then is to call him up because he has the look, he has the girl, Ugh. he has the music Ugh. and build him work. the right way when he goes up. They won't. They won't. That, that roster is too crowded. That roster, I mean, Cross I think he could terrorize SmackDown well, or Raw. Here's the issue. Here's plenty of people raw. He could beat the shit out of Ricochet. He could beat the shit out of Morrison. You could beat the shit out like Cedric. But you could beat the shit out of and then just work your way through the mid card. I don't even know who has the title now. Oh, Seamus. Uh, Seamus. Like he he beat the shit out of everybody in the mid card. I don't but know why. Problem, here's the problem. Cross has been positioned on NXT as a monster. Yeah. When he shows up to the main roster, he's not going to look that big anymore. Randy Orton. He don't look that small. Bigger than Cross. No, but he's not, he's not going to look as imposing. So you have to build him. I mean, you have to build him a certain way. There, you have to slow play him. Could it work? Yeah, but as we know, Vince loses interest in guys really quick. And it's not like when you look at Cross. Like, you have to watch him work to really appreciate what he does. Yeah. But if Cross were to walk into a room, he's like, he just looks like another guy. I don't know. The tattoos, everything, everything works. Like, yeah. so honestly, he doesn't look like another guy. Like, the ball head, the craziness, like it works. Just something is missing in NXT and they can't get it back. It's again, it might take a while. 
which it shouldn't, but it might take a while on the main roster. But I look at Riddle, Matt Riddle. It never really clicked in NXT like it should have. He went up too early. We're like, fuck, Riddle, is, he's in trouble. But they were like, yo, just do what you want. And he'd be like, all right, I'm going to be a goofy stoner. And then now he's kind of transitioned the goofy stoner role into, I'm going to go out there and have fun. I'm be likable. And he's found his niche. And I think, I think he's set in, in his role. Like, he'll be a mid-card guy to hire for as long as he wants to be in WWE. I think he's set because he found his role. I don't think he's set. I think this is, this is I don't want to say it's the same as Otis, but it's one of those things that can work against him. If they don't take him seriously sooner rather than later, he becomes a comedy act and he gets stuck there. Yeah, but Otis never had the Randy Orton. Like, I, I feel something is better. Otis went from tag team to take off your shirt to belly roll to worm to money in the bank. Like, what? Riddle has had hurt business feud, him versus Lashley beat Lashley um, for the title. Okay, drop the title. RK bro. Like, he's, he's proven way more than Otis. But what I'm saying is like it's very Nakamura like where Vince I can't guarantee you'll be at the top, but Nak is always around. It's just that Vince, once he finds something funny, he latches onto it really tough. Yeah. And and the riddle thing is fun and it's really good, right? It, in yeah. the right hands, it works. But in Vince's hands, it could just it could take away from how good of a talent he is. Cause at some point, Matt Riddle needs to become a killer. At some yeah. point. And it, he's got it in him. He's a phenomenal talent. They just got to figure it out. Showing flashes of it. It, yes, it has to be Kurt Angle, right? If someone yeah. can sit Vince down and be like, yo, there was sexy Kurt. There was milk chugging Kurt. You see this shit. It was funny and the promos are great. But do you re- remember this is exactly still who he was in the ring? Where he snapped in the ankle lock and he looked great. He was always Kurt Angle in the ring. Okay, we got to do that with Matt Riddle. Yeah, he, he's he's wildly talented. But the, all this to say is that when Cross comes to the roster, like Vince will look at him and be like, this is great. And I feel like in a matter of a couple of weeks, he could lose interest, right? It's like he doesn't – Otis was fat and jolly. Vince likes that shit. Certain guys have a certain look that Vince likes. Cross doesn't necessarily – like he, he doesn't stand out like some of the other guys do. So if it ends up becoming a situation where Vince likes him and then he's, you know, loses interest, then he's, he's lost. You know, Vince is a body guy. Cross looks good. But again, I always look at Randy Orton. People forget how big Randy Orton is. That's a big motherfucker. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, Orton's big. And you look at some of the other guys like, all right, so where do you, where exactly do you put him? Like Sheamus is bigger than Cross. So it's hard to look at Cross as a killer if you don't position him the right way immediately. So I don't know. I just wish they would have slow played him through NXT to the point where it's a boiling point where it's like, all right, if he shows up on the main roster, we know he's a killer because we just watch him nuke people in NXT. We haven't really got that. We're getting, getting nuked on the mic. Like, what the fuck are you doing? He's too good for that. But we'll see. I, I, I can't believe it's one of these. We said Riddle was can't miss. We said Cross was can't miss. And the only people that could fuck him up was WWE. It's happening again. At least Riddle, Riddle seems like he's rebounding. <laughs> yeah, the Cross. Yeah, Cross is is struggling, and we'll see. We'll see if he can get something back against Samoa Joe. If that's the program, um, it's yeah. they're in a weird spot, and he's not necessarily a guy who can just lose now and then do what. Like know. it, I don't know. I don't know what 
they do with him, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I know what we're going to do. We're going to hit a break. When we come back, we're going to end this by going through and previewing, giving our predictions for Money in the Bank. Main roster stuff coming up right after this. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. What up, everybody? We're going to close this out by talking WWE, Money in the Bank, one of my favorite pay-per-views every year. Most recent years, I've been disappointed, right? Like, I I can't tell you I was happy about Otis. Like, I, I wasn't. Like, it, it made no sense. Um, King Corbin. That was stupid. I don't even know who won it before then. So they've been on the streak of really shitty Money in the Bank winners. I like the people in this match. The card should be okay. <sighs> I have high hopes. Am I wrong for that, Dre? Am I wrong for having high hopes? Yeah, because all you can do is disappoint yourself. Oh, damn it. Yeah, let's let's go through the card. I now I my hopes have been lowered. Uh we have AJ Styles and Omos versus the Viking Raiders. <sighs> let's be real. It's time for them to drop the belts. I just don't just know. Got they, How many times did <laughs> How many times did they defend those titles? I don't know. They got them at Mania, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. They've defended them. AJ was gone forever. I'm not sure if they defended the titles. <laughs> and it's Yo, already time for them to drop it. It's gimmicky. It's over. That's the funny part. It's like, all right, it's time for you guys to come up off them titles. Um, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Yo, it is very, very strange to look at because it's like, yeah, I'm over it. I'm over it already. I I don't care. Um, yeah. Uh, but they'll probably win here. Uh, I can't see them separating almost from AJ yet because almost needs work and he needs to be hidden behind AJ. AJ eating the pin kind of signaled to me that they won't lose. So I'm going to pick AJ and almost hold on to these titles as much as I don't care about this shit. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna do the same. You talked me out of it. I honestly, Viking Raiders are a good team. They are an actual team. I I don't know what they bring. They just came off of an, a long injury, didn't build back up at all, and just went into a title program. So why should they win? Really, looking at the landscape of Raw, RK Bro should be the champions, and then you figure out what you're gonna do to break that program whenever that happens. But I think RK Bro should face Styles and almost at Survivor Series, or excuse me, at SummerSlam and win those belts. It's the payoff in a great run for Matt Riddle, who we talked about um, just a little while ago. So uh, I think that's the way to go in that one. But so Styles and almost maintain it, keep the belts. Then we have Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. God, I'm tired of this feud. 
I mean, Rhea has, you feel like Rhea has to go over, but why have they done this for so long? Like why? Why shouldn't Charlotte win at SummerSlam? Cause it's bigger, but I, Charlotte's winning this. Fuck it. Give me Charlotte. I'm tired of Rhea's champion. Who? She's not a good champion. She's not. You're right. She's not. And she's a little just, healy now, so let her go feel with Bianca in the shakeup. Like, I'm, I'm over it. I think it, I think we all are over it, right? Like, I think none of us really care anymore. Um, but Rhea needs to go over clean, man. Like, she has to. I just, when you talk about confusion between face and heel, I don't know what the fuck this is. Oh, my God. Every week is different. Every week it flops. Every so I, I couldn't, couldn't tell you. Then we have, I didn't know both titles were defended on this card. Wow. <laughs> um, well, let's go Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio versus the Usos. Okay. Um, we know what the hell's going on. We know what I this mean, is. The Usos got to go over, man. Get the titles on the Usos, shit. Yeah, not even fucking D.Y. can stop the storyline. That's how powerful Robert Reigns is right now. Yeah. My boy, <laughs> what is it, Jimmy Uso? Oof. Got caught in a pretzel. This motherfucker blew three times the legal limit. And they were like, you're not fucking this up for Roman. <laughs> Get your ass back. Pretty here. much. <laughs> and just kept it moving. So, But they did punk him out and be like, no, you're in the family. Enough of the bullshit. He was like, all right. Take this crowbar to the mouth. So it's so weird. Yeah. So weird. They gotta win. Ray Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio. Again, talk about title defenses. How many title defenses have they had? I don't know. Have they had any? I don't think so. They just carried the belt. It's made no sense for them to be champions. Dominic Mysterio's not good. At least not yet. It's ridiculous. Rey Mysterio had a shot at the regular title in Hell in the Cell and hasn't defended his own belt. It's Get that shit off. It's it's, just, all it's indefensible. Yeah, it's you, it's you all you have bad. the street profits chilling like um okay. Yeah, cool. Dude, absolutely right. absolute mess. I don't oh. know what the fuck they're doing. Add this oldest look with the new look. Hey. I don't know. I don't know. He got to go. I, I, for his own sake. Yeah. Not because he's bad. For his own sake. You're right. I just, I don't know. I don't know what this company is doing anymore. Um, Yeah, the Usos need to win. Uh, God, this this card kind of sucks, man. I, you're talking about being optimistic. I'm looking at it, and I'm like... Mm. It doesn't suck. There's just a lot of clear things. Like, don't play me. Like, there's a clear-cut winner in all these matches. Don't play me. Don't give me a false finish. Don't give me no dumb shit. Like, come on. The Usos got to win. Clear cut. Charlotte should win. Clear cut. Rhea's whack now. A lot of these people got the belts at WrestleMania, and it's just been like, nah. All of them are forgettable. I mean, it's also going to be strange because this is what I was talking about. They get a crowd back, but I think they're underestimating what this crowd's going to do. This crowd's not going to cheer for Charlotte. They're not. They're not. No, no. And you, and you, basically, you've created a Rhea Ripley that nobody cares about now because you haven't established anything with her. So this match isn't going to be as hot as they might think it is. So, hmm. um, and they're saying the 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 Usos match is going to be on the pre-show. Is it? They got to stop with doing this to the damn Usos. I yeah, mean, I didn't even know there was going to be a pre-show. 
Me either. This motherfucker is lucky he's on the card. Like, he was three times the legal limit. This is not the day I'm riding for him to be off the pre-show. So, so stupid. Um, and then we have, let me get my trend of thought going. Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston. Sir, they're talking uh, about well, fucking Goldberg <laughs> coming go. back on Monday. <laughs> like, Kofi can't uh, catch a break. Kofi, go out there take this ass with him, man. That's cool. Whatever. What, was a great what are we doing to my man here? Great build to the program. Xavier Woods pinned Bobby Lashley. That's that's my highlight yeah. of the week. Everything else I don't care. Like, Kofi's not winning. Xavier Woods got his win by Rolla. I loved it. His uh, promo calling Usher on Twitter is hilarious. Check out his Twitter feed if you yeah. guys haven't seen that. That shit is great. Man, he ain't winning. Goldberg? The fuck do we want Ooh, Goldberg? Buddy. What is Goldberg? We don't. Nobody asked for Goldberg. So, so you know what they think. Again, they think that if Lashley goes over, now if this is the plan, because this is just a rumor, but it seems like Goldberg is coming back for Raw. They think if Lashley beats Kofi, and I guess you completely dead this program, and in order to really establish Lashley as a champion, he has to go over on Goldberg. Now, the problem with that is Goldberg. that's one. Two, what if Goldberg says, I need to go over again? Oh, They've done God. this before. Yes, they have. So it's like, and I guess they feel like at SummerSlam, it makes it so much bigger to have Lassie versus Goldberg because it's like a dream match. Because from what I've heard, it was supposed to be Brock and they couldn't get Brock. So that leaves them with Goldberg, which is like, dude, just get somebody fucking else. <laughs> like, somebody seriously. New. Like, you got, but you didn't, you haven't built anybody. That's the problem. Yes. A disrespectful wealth of talent, but you know. <sighs> oh, yeah, that's it. Just got to sh- just sigh. What a melancholy note we're ending this show on. Um, Roman Reigns versus Edge. Roman ain't losing right. this shit to Mania. So what am I predicting? Um, thanks for coming back, though, Edge. Like, give me a false finish and carry this into SummerSlam. Sure. Um, yeah, there's no way Edge is beating Roman. Uh, hopefully we don't get some kind of screwy finish and they do this again at SummerSlam. They could. They could. They, I mean, I don't think Edge is coming back for a money in the bank and then disappearing again. However, let me change that. It seems like they're going to Edge and Rollins. And that's actually a really good SummerSlam program. That is. I just don't know how they get there from here. I, they have to get there somehow. I don't know how they get there, but they're going to get there somehow. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, Roman's got to go over. Hopefully it's a good match. That's, I guess that's all we can really care about, right? Yep. Yep. I think, uh, you're right. Maybe they blow that off and maybe the John Cena rumors are real. Roman John is a pretty big program for SummerSlam. It's a fun match. It would be a really fun match. So we'll see. Let's. Let's see how that one plays out. Now we're just left with the money in the big matches. Damn, I started off so optimistic. Now I'm just like, oh, it's going to be a shitty Sunday. Oh, <laughs> listen, women's money in the big match. Asuka versus Naomi versus Alexa Bliss versus Nikki. A.S.H., almost a superhero. Versus Liv Morgan versus Elena Vega versus Natalia versus Tamina. 
who are the tag team champions. Okay. Can we start with this? Let's eliminate who's not going to win. Tamina, Natalia. Yep. (laughs) Like, we can eliminate those two quick. Quick, fast. Um, Zelina Vega is a weird person to put in this match. She comes back and she gets nerfed by Liv Morgan like immediately and she's still in the match. It's really strange. Yeah, I don't get it. She's not winning. She can't win. Um, Nikki could win. Nikki's not winning. But it's almost like putting it's almost like putting the briefcase back on Otis. So that yep. doesn't matter to me. So to me, Asuka can't win. She's not going to win. She won last year. The only person it could Naomi's yeah. not winning. So it's either no. So it's Liv Morgan or Alexa Bliss. That's it. And it's going to be Alexa Bliss. It's going to be Alexa Bliss via magic. Oh, God. And if she doesn't win, then you would ask, well, why didn't she use her fucking magic to win this match? Yep. No, she's going to voodoo that shit and win via magic. We we, we don't got to say anything else. That that is how it's going. I don't know what we're doing anymore. Wait till she goes over on Bianca via magic. Oh, God. Talking about Bianca needed someone. They're gonna move yeah. her like some bliss over there, just fucking voodoo her into losing the belt. Um, and then we have the men's one, Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew Mack, Big E, Kevin Owens, Knock, and Seth Rollins. This may be top to bottom the best field money in the bank has ever had. Hmm. Yeah. Um all right, so let's eliminate who's not going to win. Ricochet? Fuck. Morrison? <laughs> don't take my pick away from me. No, just but you yeah. know then nah, not nah, winning. Nah, Ricochet nah, and Morrison have no chance of winning. No, he just, he battled yeah, hard enough Rollins, to TV. Yeah. Ricochet, Morris, Morrison, Rollins, this is not winning. Because um, like I said, if he's going into a program with Edge, I can't see him getting this briefcase back. Maybe a fake cash uh, and Edge gets pissed and then him and Edge start going? I don't know. Could be. Eh, nah. And Drew McIntyre can't win either. He's had enough shots at it. So that leaves Riddle, E, Owens, and Nakamura. Now, obviously, most people, including myself, want Big E to win this. Yes. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. I am very intrigued by the idea, which I don't think they'll do, of Kevin Owens winning this and turning heel somewhere down the line. Because, as we all know, Kevin Owens is a much better heel than a babyface, but it just so happens that the motherfucker is amazing at everything he does. And you know, he's going to kill himself. He could win this. Don't think, I think he's the least of the four people that left. Nakamura is probably third on this list because Nakamura with the briefcase might be fun, but then I I feel like it's almost too much with the crown and the briefcase and Baron Corbin with the repossessed shit. It might be too much for Nakamura to win. That's actually a funny The only other person left of it is a funny program, which I didn't think it'd work, but they have something there with downtrodden. I'm not getting my hair cut. Baron Corbin, who gets everything. It's kind, of, it's kind of fun. Yeah, broke Baron is, is, um, is a thing. But you, you have something, and this is where you have to take this seriously with Riddle. Riddle could win this, and you can immediately put Riddle into a program with Randy Orton because, you remember, Riddle got into this because Orton wasn't there and he had that match. Mm-hmm. And if you want to establish Riddle as a threat, he, has, he would have to have a banger with Randy Orton. Yep. All this shit's not a given, but it could be the right way to go if they wanted to go that direction because Riddle clearly has something. And he can be I'm going to pick Big E because a, a that's big my guy friend. Champions. Yeah, 
I'm going to pick Big E because that's my friend. I have no other reason. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you this, being completely transparent. I don't know who's going to win. It's the one thing I want to keep sacred with pro wrestling is that I never ask the guy who's going over. I never ask these questions. And even though he's my really, really good friend, I don't want to know. I want to be just as surprised to see my friend win than anything else. So I told him not to tell me. We're, we're what he told me was he knows who's going to win, which is hilarious. It may not be the case. <laughs> right. It, but I've asked, I've asked him, I asked him last week. I haven't asked. I was like, it, do are these reports true that nobody knows who's winning the money in the bank? He was like, yeah, we don't know. That was last week. They they might be kayfabing the talent and then telling them at the last minute, kind of like when they found Rollins found out he was cashing in at WrestleMania. They kayfabed everybody. I'm going to pick E because it feels like it makes the most sense because everybody loves him and it feels like he hasn't had his moment in the sun yet. My heart says E. My gut says Riddle. I'm going with Kevin Owens to win. Kevin Owens cut a promo at the end of SmackDown a week ago where he calls Paul Heyman and Paul answers. And he's like, Paul, this is Kevin Owens. Don't hang up. I told you last year that I was going to win the money in the bank. And you tell Roman Reigns, I'm coming for him. And it was one of the best fucking promos. They keep on doing this with talking smack. The promos on there, if they were on television, oh my God. But this Kevin Owens promo, I was just mouth open, just amazed. Like, no, this guy's winning it. He is winning that time. He's winning the money in the bank. And I think Kevin Owens is that guy. So Kevin Owens, in my mind, is my pick to win this match. To me, Big E needs the Rumble win. Big E needs the the baby face, crowd cheering, throwing the last guy over. That momentum, that build, that, oh my God, either if he moves over to Raw and he's going after Lashley or if he's on SmackDown still, and he's going after Roman. You need that that moment where he feels like a threat, where he outlasts everyone to get that super baby face heat going into Ro- into WrestleMania against a true, true heel. So give me Big E for the Rumble. I'm predicting that already. He does not win Money in the Bank. Kevin Owens does. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I, I can see it going one of those two ways. The other, Any other thing? I'd like to see Riddle win because I think he's very talented, but those are the only three that I think can win. Uh, Nakamura is my, my long shot. No, agreed. So there. we'll see how it plays out. I am less enthusiastic about this card after talking it through right now, but it'll be interesting. We'll all be watching. We appreciate you guys for listening. As always, it's another great show. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Shout out to Network Blue Wire. Shout out to all of the sponsors. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes on adfreeshows.com. While you are at it, great guest on there every so every two weeks we release, release a new episode. So make sure you guys check those out. Stay safe. Stay variant-free. Treat this shit like a Loki episode. No variants. Make sure you guys are good for the rest of the summer. Can't wait to, you know, hang out, see you guys. Please, please, please stay safe. Maybe some big news on the pod coming. We tease this every so often. Can't wait until uh, we figure this out. You guys stay with us. We appreciate you all. Till next time, we're out. Peace. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.